Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 4th, 2021. And we're coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, April 4th this year, there's something special about April 4th. What's going on on April 4th again? Uh, Easter! Oh, yeah. The thing we have heart attack over. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, how you doing? I mean, we just we, we got done with uh, Palm Sunday, and we've got uh, Holy Week all this week. How, how how you doing with this? How you doing? I'm I'm doing fine. It's easier. Well, it just it's I don't know if it's easier, but it just feels better to be able to do it in person with people, mm-hmm. like we started to do yesterday. Um, we did Holy Week last year pre-recorded, and that was difficult to. Um, just get in the right spiritual space, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you said it was a year ago. It, uh, it, obviously you're wrong. It was 10 years ago. Uh, (laughs) ago. um, but (laughs) yeah, it feels that way. Uh, but yeah, it was, I, I remember it being such a daunting task too, of like, okay, tear down all everything that you normally do for Holy week and do it this new way that you have, you have no level of comfort with. <laughs> and yeah, so you're still very young in yeah. pre recording at that point. And, and all these services that you normally do and try to, and try to replicate the feeling of a normal Holy week. And, and to be completely honest, I can't remember if I felt as though, we succeeded at that or failed uh, because it was just so weird. Um, uh, it was, I mean, it's hard to even put myself in the mind space uh, that we were in uh, because it was, I knew it was all making do and it was probably as best as we could do. Uh, but it was just, it, there was, there's like no frame of reference as to whether or not that was a success or a failure. It was like, well, I mean, we, touched the bases that we were supposed to touch we read the right readings (laughs) and we said the words but you know i don't know (laughs) that was odd well one of my one of my um memories is wanting to and this was just me my standard record the monday thursday good friday and easter vigil services after sunset so that it would have the feeling that those services often do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, since at holy family they're usually at 7 p.m and having to deal with weather and uh so i was recording from home having to deal with weather and kids in the yard next door playing basketball and (laughs) you know it was like okay i'm ready to do it no i can't do it yet (laughs) Right. So I think I re- I recorded one of them at like nine thirty at night or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of my neighbors made the joke of, "Well, I've been to church this week." <laughs> I saw him the next day. <laughs> yeah, it um, uh, it, it'll be definitely um, it, it'll definitely feel better to uh, get to do this in person this year. Um, yeah, although still still a little. A little odd. Uh, we still. Oh it, yeah. It still doesn't. Uh, uh, it feels. I, I think. Uh, speaking at least for myself, it feels more like church, quote unquote church, um, 
but uh, it, it still obviously has that uh, feeling of uh, oddity of you know, it's still not we're still it's still not normal per se, um, but I like it better than the 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 uh, the, the full at home style yeah. because uh, um, uh, while you can package every prepackage everything uh, that you possibly could want to do. Um, it just it doesn't have the same flow and sense of community and and all of that that even uh, for people who are watching at home uh, say last Sunday um, or this past Sunday Palm Sunday um, I still feel like the the camera is still able to capture that sense of community uh, to a certain degree whereas uh, a prepackaged uh, uh, item uh, maybe doesn't but uh, it's it was very nice to see I think I said to somebody yesterday it was very nice to see uh, the whites of their eyes because uh, <laughs> <again. laughs> um, uh, it, it was yeah it was since nice. everyone was was dutifully masked that was nice yep. and the windows were open and uh, I mean I have I think I have words uh, that uh, uh, when I go to the pearly gates, I need to have with uh, with God about like, come on, why couldn't we have swapped the weather from Saturday and Sunday? <laughs> I mean, just give us a little something here, because uh, Saturday was gorgeous and would have been absolutely yeah. picture perfect to have had the sanctuary windows open, and Sunday was a little less so. <laughs> yeah, some gale force winds, right? And so lots. But Still, everyone knew it was going to be, be that way, so they had their puffy jackets. Exactly. A couple people, a couple. What? What? My favorite. Um, what? What should I say? Flashback to teenagers when my kids were teenagers was how many parents had to go out to their cars and bring back the car blanket for their teenager mm -hmm. who had refused to wear a warm enough jacket. Right. I don't need it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. Yep. It was at least three households, maybe mm -hmm. more, that mm -hmm. I saw that mm -hmm. take place. <laughs> and it's and it, and those are the kind of things that uh, you know uh, that that feed into that. Uh, it's good to meet in person because it is that reminder of like, oh, that's right, our kids are very much the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Your struggle <laughs> is my struggle. I am not alone in this universe. <laughs> so much so, yes. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and I should, I should clean up and clarify, uh, before I get struck by lightning yesterday was still a beautiful day in God's creation. Uh, 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 just wasn't my favorite, you know, and I'm allowed, I'm allowed that opinion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we've got, um, as far as let's do our plugging then up front here, sure. uh, uh, we've got, uh, services galore this week as, as, as you would, uh, uh imagine. So we've got Mon Monday, Thursday, at uh help me out with times at least uh what, what's oh yeah 7 p.m 7 on monday thursday okay 7 p.m on good friday uh and are we doing an easter vigil uh or are not we, this year not this year so we it's still... the easter vigil has so many pieces that are high contact mm -hmm. that i mm -hmm. i frankly couldn't figure out a way to do it meaningfully with social distancing Right, 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 right. Now, and, and all sorts of passing of candles around and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so next year. We'll next do year. it next year again. And, and we're not doing foot washing, right? Nope, can't do foot washing on <laughs> so, Monday, Thursday. So uh, so uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be that guy. I, I, 
I'm very happy for this change. I'm I'm not the I'm not the foot washing guy. That's that's probably of all the uh, for whatever reason of all the things that we do in church that might very well be the the thing that I am least comfortable with. Uh, and who knows? I should sh- uh, maybe see a shrink as to why that is. Uh, but uh, or just get a pedicure. Or just get a pedicure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it's, maybe maybe it's because I haven't treated myself yet. Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> but, uh, so, so, uh, so I'll be a happy camper, uh, uh, not getting my, uh, my feet washed, uh, uh, on Thursday. So if that's also uh, a hang up of yours, please come join me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and then of course, uh, Easter, uh, um, Sunday services at eight and 10, um, yep. uh, same, same kind of deal as this last week, uh, uh, um, the windows open, masked, uh, uh, distance. We have, we did have a room in the parish hall, um, uh, and and even if there's additional spillover needs, there's there's room in the narthex as well, um, mm-hmm. to uh, to participate. So um, there there's there's still plenty of uh, of room to come in for Easter, um, and. Uh, I'm trying to think if we have anything else. I, I always feel like right now all the focus and effort is on on those services, but I'm sure we have other well, things going on. We have lots of other things going on, including um, in the days leading up to Monday, Thursday. So go to holyfamilyfishers.org and see all the announcements. Very good. Very good. Well plugged. Well plugged. Thank um, you. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if uh, and, and and again, uh, just uh, last thing is also just like this past week, um, there's still going to be an online um, uh, version of the service that we'll we'll be doing it live. Uh, the wheels did not come off the cart yesterday, uh, so uh, the Payton and his family did a great job of <laughs> staffing the soundboard and video boards and. Service really did turn out well. I was just watching it on YouTube this morning. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it it, it uh, I feel as though I can replicate uh, that level, uh, maybe improve a, a little bit, and I look forward to uh, the, the the moments in time where I can invite uh, uh, listeners to this podcast and other members of the congregation to uh, come join me and learn uh, what the myriad of chords and buttons back there do. Um, uh, <laughs> It, uh, I assure you, right now, it's not a matter of being uh, uh, selfish and turf protecting. Uh, it's simply a matter of there's there's not there's not two feet of separation back yeah. there in that boot. <laughs> so there's a unfortunately not much I can uh, I, I can do with uh, with training uh, right yet. So, but uh, but suffice it to say, there's a lot of cool little fun things to play with, um, and uh, and. Uh, um, um, show your artistic side uh, of, through uh, the the glory of electronics, uh, which for now is working. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood. And so you'll be able to, um, podcast listeners, you'll be able to experience the Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services, as well as the Easter 10 o'clock service via live uh, YouTube stream, if you'd mm-hmm. like to experience it that way. On, and they'll be recorded and saved on YouTube as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a, a vision into the future uh, next year when we are doing foot washing and you're like me, hey, <laughs> watch it live. You can't touch your feet then. Um, <laughs> or just sneak back to the parish hall and hide. Just sneak back to the parish hall. <laughs> 
Uh, and then come back when that part's over. I think I've got a runny nose. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, lots of, lots of, uh, things to look forward to, uh, this week. Uh, and, um, um, before we get into those readings, let's do our person of the day. Ah, yes. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to add a thing to the (laughs) upfront, uh, uh, statement so that you you have a little bit more, uh, because, you know, we've had people alive on this planet for a long time. So I'm going to give you birth and death <laughs> years so that you know, like what era we're talking. That about. often is what I ask first. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> and I still get it wrong. Well, and I, well, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's billions upon billions of people who have been alive by the time we're recording this. So, uh, <laughs> if you don't know them all, I'm, I think that's okay. Um, uh, but this person born 1829 died 1911 is named James Theodore Holly. This is not simply dead air. These are the wheels turning. Yep, I hear I hear the the rust knocking off. <laughs> um. You might kick yourself up for this one. Might. I might what myself? You might kick kick yourself. Kick myself. Okay. Yes. If you if, if it doesn't come come to you, okay. I admittedly I'm a little brain deprived after the <laughs> intensity of the weekend Palm Sunday services. So yeah, James Holly, that sounds so familiar, but I am not drawing any, blanks. not even a guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even blanks are being drawn at this point. Right. Um, <laughs> So, uh, missionary and first bishop of Haiti. Oh. So, he was born in D.C., raised as a Roman Catholic, uh, but then became an Episcopalian. Uh, Very familiar story. Um, Ordained as deacon in 1855, priest the next year. Actually, shoot, a little over six months later. That that's the canon. It has to be six months. Oh, right, is that between right? Between deacon and priest, <clears throat> priesthood. Yeah, I didn't know that, and that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So technically, I could not become a bishop. No one ever brought this up, but I was ordained. <laughs> no one clamored one, such. <laughs> yeah. One. I was ordained one day short of six months. Ah. And the only reason I knew that was an issue was that one of my friends could have been ordained with us with a group that was being priested that day, but his bishop would not allow it so that he would be able to become a bishop someday, which did not happen. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> going to say, I'm glad you answered it. You knew there was a follow-up question coming if you didn't <laughs> Yeah. And? But it's good to have options, right? It's good to have options. That's right. Um, uh, so, he, But yeah, uh, he went to Haiti and established... Uh, the Episcopal what, Church there. Did it say what, what year he went to Haiti? It actually doesn't. That's what, okay. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of assuming just because... Um, I'm kind of assuming just because of the way that it's worded that when he was ordained, that was his first okay. assignment. Because... It then says the next the next statement is upon his return to the United States, he was rector of St. Luke's in New Haven, Connecticut, 
and then returned to Haiti in 61. So it kind of oh, feels okay, as though yeah. it's like a continual storyline. Yeah. Um, uh, returned in 61 uh, and worked there as a missionary. And in 74, the House of Bishops signed a covenant uh, between the Episcopal, uh, the Protestant Episcopal Church in the United States and the Protestant Episcopal Church in Haiti. And Holly was consecrated the first bishop in 70, then in 74, where he served until he died in 1911 uh, at the, goodness, I'm terrible, not great at math, but that's 82 years old at, at 81, I'll take your word 82. for it. Um, so, uh, uh, served dutifully to our friends in Haiti and, and we have a, still a pretty strong relationship with our oh, yeah. Episcopal church, uh, uh, um, in Haiti. Um, uh, yeah. One of the interesting, um, current dynamics is that when I, I don't want to use too much techno lingo. So when a new structure for, Episcopal churches uh, in Latin America was formed in the Caribbean. Haiti voted to stay in the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. um, Protestant Episcopal Church USA, rather than join the new group. Um, and we have great relations with those other Episcopal churches. Um, I've been to El Salvador a couple times out of that mm-hmm. relationship. But Haiti is actually an equal and the same as the Diocese of Indianapolis. It's the Diocese of Haiti in the Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. And so technically, well, okay, now I'm getting into the, to the real trivia. Technically, you cannot be a companion diocese with another diocese in your own structure. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, she's a sister diocese or something like that, that many, many dioceses in the U.S., including Indianapolis, have very strong missionary and uh, social service relationships with. Hmm. Interesting. So, so I remember many times being corrected through the years in the diocese of Indianapolis, that it's not a companion diocese. It's simply another diocese in the Episcopal church. We have a good relationship with, right? That's the same thing as the diocese of Ohio or Chicago or any other Hmm. Episcopal diocese. Yeah, that uh, that isn't. Tr- I think I have heard it referred then to incorrectly. Uh, I think I oh think yeah, I've heard that uh, referred as a companion diocese before. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, James Theodore Holly, uh, a, a true one of those true lifer um, yeah servants uh, to the church because ordained in 1855, he was 25, almost 26. Uh, so yeah. there, there was he. That was his. I Nothing think that else. even then that was as young as you could be and, and be made a priest. So, yeah. So he was, this was uh, definitely his calling. Yeah. Um, uh, so good, good on him. Uh, for, and for that. the, what he started to build is continued to build. And so in Haiti, it's the Episcopal diocese that has uh, the most respected and effective schools for children mm. and, training for medical uh, professionals below the level of MDs, but nursing schools and things like that, libraries, all sorts of social institutions that the uh, Episcopal Diocese started and, and continues to offer to the communities regardless of people's faith backgrounds. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah so he did great work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so I thought I'd highlight that one. I don't know. Yeah, that's his a good name one. And... and, and 
and uh, I thought that was a good one. So, um, speaking, uh, it, let, let's uh, let's then move over to our uh, our readings. Uh, since we're since Easter is kind of important, we're going to talk about another uh, uh, another lifer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's terrible! I know, right? I know. Uh, I I I I knew that as soon as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, and, and one thing I'll point out is in past years on the podcast we have talked about the various services of Holy Week, so mm-hmm. feel free to go through the back catalog and oh, find yeah. those. This year we'll focus on Easter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this first reading is from Isaiah chapter twenty-five, verses six through nine. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken, It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Um, This is the first uh, author of Isaiah, yes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So uh, we get a description here up top of like some great food, um, uh, <laughs> um, rich food filled with marrow, well-aged wines strained clear. Um, so this is the, this is the period of time before they get conquered by the Babylonians. Um, no, actually this, this is as they're after getting, they've been conquered. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got, that's right. This is after they've been conquered. I forgot that Isaiah doesn't really have, any time period beforehand it's it's, right it's after um so this would be very bittersweet language um uh at 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 the moment of time of when uh when when the audience is reading it right i mean like depending on your level of cynicism yes (laughs) i mean i i have a feeling there'd be a few cynics in the crowd at that point in time Um, true <laughs> um but uh uh so yeah so at this point are, are I, i'm trying to remember are they being like physically relocated at this time or they have just been relocated they i it's or do we know we don't know for sure have they just been relocated but we do know it's from the time they were in slavery in babylonia okay okay so yeah, um, um, I I feel like they, you know, the, the the language is 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 then like reminding uh, the people of of, uh, of prosperity and saying that the, the the day will return. I feel as though we might have even read this uh, at one point in time in uh, in, in earlier iterations uh, of the podcast, um, but which is entirely possible since we're getting close to three years now. Right. Um, but um, what 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 is this passage talking about? Uh, destroying the mountain uh, uh, on this mountain, the shroud, um, wiping away the tears. Is this just the basic language of like God's going to make it all better? Uh, <laughs> no, it's know? it's much more dramatic than that. Okay, um, that it, this is a classic 
instance where you you, you got to read at least the whole verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where um, what, his, not just God four? Is, well, yeah, <laughs> not just, not just word choice it, but God is swallowing up death forever, mm. and so the the shroud is the, is a funeral garment that you wrap the corpse in mm-hmm. before they they had coffins. Um, so the sh- it, it's a nice poetic image, really, that the shroud that's cast over all peoples is um, you know, almost a pun that anyone mm. everyone dies, and therefore everyone gets a shroud at the when they die, and therefore you could it's easy to imagine shroud over all the people, mm-hmm. um, and here God is actually destroying death. And so that shroud, that sheet that is spread over all nations will be gone forever. Is, um, is, is this, uh, chapter series of verses, the, the, the larger part, not just, uh, six through nine, uh, is this a uh, whole passage, uh, prophetic in nature? Uh, is this talking about, um, is this more in reference, uh, to, something going on to the people at this period of time, as opposed to long-term down the road, uh, several hundred years later, um, uh, the, um, the, the death and resurrection of Christ. Is that like, what is, is there any indication as to, um, that, or is this, is this true prophecy come true? This, this is more of an end of time reference rather than okay. Jesus reference. Okay. Um though we have it on Easter because it because um you know the resurrection of Jesus is supposed to be part of that revelation of how God is swallowing up death mm-hmm. as in eliminating it that God has conquered death through Christ. So so it is relevant to Easter but the chapters around chapter 25 in Isaiah are accounts of how time will end. And, and part of it is evil will be vanquished and Mm -hmm. the enslavers will, um, no longer be in control. God will be in control instead Mm -hmm. and death will be eliminated and everyone's going to have a great feast together Hmm. with God. Yeah, which uh, which obviously uh, for the people at that period of time, they would they would very much uh, yes, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, yes, even if, <laughs> even if the end of times is tomorrow, let's uh, let's do oh, this yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> now's a good time. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, I'll clear my schedule for this. Right, because I, I assume uh, that the prospects of being enslaved in uh, Babylonia uh, probably weren't. It wasn't exactly like a a, a, a uh, oh, there's a there's a path forward from from this that I can see, um, which is yeah, really <laughs> the reason why Isaiah writes so much, uh, uh, which is no, 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 we're gonna return. You know, don't don't get in that headspace. We're gonna we're gonna get out uh, and and return home, and we're gonna be made whole, and and uh, all these uh, all these kinds of promises. Uh, because I assume that that would that would be a pretty decent uh, portion of the mindset of the people of like, well, this is it. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, Babylon- Babylonia is going to accomplish what Egypt never it never could, and uh, this will be the death of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you've literally seen your homes destroyed by mm-hmm. the army that is now taking you away from your territory. Um, it's it, yeah, it's easy to imagine how people could just be saying, "Yeah, this is it. We're we're done as a nation." We're done as a people. Our God has been cho- shown to be not powerful, and therefore we should just become Babylonians and mm. worship their idols and make the best of our extremely diminished status. Mm. Mm. And that's why it's interesting that part of the punchline of that experience is that within a what four generations, like eighty years. Um, the Babylonians are conquered by the Greeks. Hmm. And so it, the, and then the, the Greek rulers political strategy was not to take, was to basically keep his empire intact by letting people live by their local customs so that they don't have, so he didn't have to deal with rebellions. So he, that's why he not only sent back the, Israelites, but also paid for the rebuilding of the temple. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So even though, yeah, it would be very natural to say, yeah, this is it. This is going to be the next thousand years, maybe more. Instead, it was less than a hundred years. Well, less than a hundred years. Hmm. Still, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure that was no comfort to you. <laughs> Right for the first (laughs) for the first ninety nine percent of it, it was terrible. Right? (laughs) Yes, without a doubt. But I I, I get the feeling, and that's why Isaiah had this role of of repeatedly lifting the spirits of the people and giving Mm -hmm. them giving them divine hope. Hmm. Very good. Uh, Anything else then about Isaiah here? Um. Well, part of it, if we look at the last verse of the selection this morning, uh, it will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Yeah, that's that's how God wants us to live today as well. Mm. Um, that that Because we're, we're in the same status as the people speaking in this these verses. Because... They're talking about not just the time of going back to Israel and the temple being restored, but they are talking about the end of time when heaven's open to all. And um, so we're we're waiting with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's wait no longer. First uh, Corinthians. <laughs> <clears throat> Our second reading is First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse one through eleven. Um, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, 
most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they who so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Um, so Paul um, uh, uh, does a decent amount of, uh, of, of uh, a little self-deprecating flattery here, um, <laughs> <laughs> which as is his way, I believe. Yes, um, but he also he also uh, goes through. This is an interesting um, <clears throat> timetable that he puts in as far as as appearances, because uh, uh, resurrected appearances, as documented in the Gospels, kind of vary. Um, right. So, of so so comparing the different gospel orders of uh, resurrected appearances. Um, does Paul's account here match any of the gospel writings? Um, Not I one know, to one. Okay, I was going to say because I know I, I know one of them. The the first appearances were actually uh, um, um, Mary and Martha, right? Right. Um, and in another, I'm trying to remember. Um, well, in yeah, I won't pop quiz you on it. The in verse five of Corinthians 15, uh, Paul writes, and he appears to Cephas, which is Peter's original name. Okay. Okay. Um, so in John, at least John, uh, Peter's the first apostle to recognize that something's happened here. Mm -hmm. that, that, that Jesus, well, he's the first to recognize that Jesus was resurrected, even as almost simultaneously by the way john writes it or maybe it was simultaneously jesus is appearing to mary magdalene in the garden outside mm. the tomb okay okay um then he appears to 12 which is a, a fairly uh well-known story um also from john's the one who's the most explicit with it right right uh what about this then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time what what appearance is that we don't know Okay, so 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 it, that only occurs in that's only in Paul's accounting here in, yeah. in First Corinthians. Though Paul Paul's accounting here um, is he treats the resurrection different. The, the Gospels, in a sense, clean it up. That that's a disrespectful way to put it. The Gospels, particularly in um, well, the Gospels tend to have all these all these resurrection appearances between Easter morning and then they the last time they occur is uh, the Ascension when Jesus right. bodily ascends into heaven, and Paul's mushier with that. Hmm. He is by context of Corinthians fifteen. He is referring to physical appearances of Jesus, but. Then in verse 8, 
he says, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. That's years after the ascension. Mm. And so he put, and many scholars think this is part of, once again, Paul trying to establish his bona fides. Right. uh, That the appearance that he experienced was equal to that of anything that took place Easter morning and there and between then and the Ascension. So mm-hmm. we aren't, we can't say for sure that the 500 brothers and sisters at one time was a visionary experience or was it a physical appearance? Mm-hmm. Because most of what Paul writes about in 15 is physical resurrection. Okay. So some people who try to what we call harmonize the Bible basically try to say, well, maybe that was um, the Pentecost experience recorded in the book of Acts. But hmm. it, it, I, it would, I think Luke, who's the author of Acts, would have described it quite differently if it was what Paul was referring to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting that, it, that there's still a little bit of a, uh, of a mystery, uh, uh, to it then, um, as to what he's referring to. Could well, be the, the nice, same, could be different. Could be, yeah. I, I think the, the, I think I feel very comfortable saying the gospels do not record all the resurrection appearances. And yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's not like Jesus said, okay, I'm going to spend two hours today appearing on earth and then I'll take care of some other things. Right. Uh, that presumably the the point of these resurrection appearances was to build up people's faith in this crucial time and would have been almost a full-time job, to put it lightly. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's doubtful the handful of resurrection appearances that are written about in the Gospels were the only ones. What they do tend to do is emphasize the authority of the Apostles and of Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of scholars think that's really the point of them, is to make sure people realize Mary Magdalene and the Apostles are trustworthy witnesses and gotcha. teachers. Yeah. Um So so what is, other than kind of a establishing... Obviously, here in the first part of chapter 15, Paul is trying to uh, uh, address and, and, and highlight um, the resurrection story and tie it to that good news uh, that is being proclaimed. And that this is, this is his main point. Uh, um, is, and, but then with the uh stories of who he then or the list of who he then appeared to um i guess kind of uh is is meant to like reinforce uh the validity of this story like look it's not just me saying this it's a uh, you know this person then 500 people yeah and this other people you can ask the you know the apostles uh, all saw it the the disciples saw it the you know um ask anybody you want don't just take my word for it yeah um, kind of a thing because the verse 12, which is beyond where this uh, reading goes, he gets to the point of why he's saying all this, which is there were some in the Corinthian Christian community who were saying the resurrection did not take place. Mm. 
So this is the, the beginning of a very complex argument that Paul's going to be making with the Corinthians about the validity of, of both Christ's resurrection and then the, the existence of the afterlife for mm. all Christians. Mm. Um, where it's, it's fascinating to read if you're a philosophy geek because he actually uses two different Greek philosophical argumentative methods to do a Greek proof that the resurrection is real. Hmm. Thank goodness we don't have to read that on Easter. It goes on quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd hate, for, I'd hate for everybody to see you geek out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> no, that that would be uh, that would be actually uh, kind of fascinating to to kind of do a deep dive on uh, at some point in time. Um, but uh, yeah, he he uses um, techniques from Pluto and um, Plutarch and all sorts of things. That interesting. Yeah, yeah, that aren't obvious if you if you aren't aware of how those things work or have a Bible with great footnotes. Hmm. Well, uh, unless there's anything more about First Corinthians, uh, uh, Paul's a believer uh, is the point of that. Reading. Yes, <laughs> and, and he's trying to convince you. He wants to. He wants to talk to you about your Lord and Savior. Uh, can you let him in a, into your home? Um, <laughs> and uh, he'll but, make you a tent. There you go. <laughs> he'll make you a tent. Um, that was that was that was the job that that he used to support himself as he did his missionary journeys was tent making. Oh really? Yeah, that's why I knew that. Yeah, that in Christianity, there's there's sort of a inside lingo thing that if a um, member of the clergy does not have a job by which they are paid by a congregation, and they instead have a day job, there that's often called a tent making ministry. Hmm. And there, How about there's that? some that say within the Christian tradition for years, for centuries, people said that's the more genuine form of ordained leadership since that was Paul's style. Hmm. Hmm. Paul, the tent maker. Yep. Tax collector, tent maker, uh, uh, sharer of the good news. Um, he, he wasn't, he was never a tax collector. Oh yeah. That's not, that's not what it I was mean. worse um, than that. <laughs> yeah. It was worse. He helped than that. kill Christians. <laughs> yeah. Persecutor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, let's move on then to Mark, Mark chapter 16, verses one through eight. And this is our gospel reading for Easter Sunday. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and, uh, I want to say that's Salome. Yeah. Not, not Salami. I would hate to say Salami. (laughs) Salome. Sorry. Suddenly I want a Salami pizza for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, I mean, she could buy spices. Uh, uh, when, I'll, I'll start over. Uh, when the Sabbath was yes. over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might, so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, "Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb?" When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large and had had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side When they and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. 
He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to any. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Um, so this is not the only gospel reading that has uh, uh, the woman going to the tomb first, um, but it is it, it is the only one I think that indicates they didn't tell anybody. I believe the other accounting says that they went and they told the disciples, didn't it? Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. And what's interesting is some of the earliest copies of the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel there. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Um, in, and so depending on how the publishers and editors of one's Bible decide to handle it, you very few end it there. Most will include two different sections. One is called the shorter ending of Mark. The other is called the longer ending of Mark. The um, shorter ending is considered to be a very, very early edition. And it reads, And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. Hmm. So it, it echoes what happens in Matthew, Luke, and John, where the women tell the apostles or Peter, um, sometimes it's all the apostles, sometimes it's just Peter, um, what they had heard. And then that, then the last piece of that shorter ending is, and afterward Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Hmm. And, some, and some ancient scripts even add amen. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And what a lot of people are actually more familiar with is the longer, more likely, much later added ending, because that's the one that has snake handling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, it's Mark's just such a fascinating gospel. As we've been talking about, it was the first one written down. It's the shortest. It's the gospel that has the least flowery language and details and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and originally it really looks like what was sufficient proof of the resurrection of Jesus was the women discovering the empty tomb. Uh, and at first, particularly for modern readers, you think, well, you didn't finish the detective story here. Where, right. Where's the final declaration, which the second longer ending really does provide. But if you're looking at it as a spiritual document, it makes sense because it asks then the reader or listener to decide for themselves, is the resurrection of Jesus real in their own life? Yeah, I actually kind of like it 
yeah. like that. Uh, I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I feel like this is many uh, uh, an indie film kind of yes. ending. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> where it's a very open-ended, like, wait, like, you didn't wrap it up with a nice little bow. You you, yeah. you left it open ended for the audience to go. Wait, what what happened next? Yeah, <laughs> is is that is that is that for real? Is that how it ends? <laughs> yeah, and in Mark the as we'll hear on Good Friday, the apostles abandon Jesus at the arrest. They they do not witness the crucifixion. It is the women that are that go to the empty tomb are the witnesses of, of the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. And so it doesn't have the theme of the redemption of the apostles. You, obviously the Christians who were hearing the gospel of Mark, because most of them would hear it rather than read it, were well aware that the apostles did go on to do magnificent things. Mm-hmm. And, and so to quote my Python, they got better. Um, <laughs> oh, this, a dangerous reference on this yes. podcast. But, um, I'll I'll try to sidestep that rabbit hole. <laughs> but here, but in in Mark, it's a very bleak ending. But like you say, it's like an indie film where all the seeds of hope are there. And it's just whether you want to, in your own heart, want to run with those or just walk away saying, "Well, that ended it." Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. That's a that's a very interesting um tidbit, a little a little fact that I I'm sure most people don't know or don't think about. Yeah. Um cuz yeah, I'm, I I was just looking here to to see what else um uh what what the the, the passage says, the passages in 9 through 20 say. So yeah, they do. They do give just a little bit more. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, the 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 now eleven instead of twelve are, mm-hmm. uh, do, do still uh, don't really get uh, uh, shining. Um, yeah, he yells uh, at them. <laughs> he, he yells at them. Yes, they get rebuked. He a upgrades little. them for their lack of faith <laughs> yes. and for their stubbornness. Exactly. Um, um, but it also, you know, it does. It does kind of. Uh, do that uh, bow tying there yeah. and, and you're right there's the reference to snakes in their hands uh, <laughs> um, thanks thanks Mark thanks addition to Mark um, uh, uh, but it does say you know talk about like you know whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and you know it does put kind of a nice tidy little bow on it uh, so I I shouldn't say tidy but it does put a bow. It, it puts a bow it, on it. Yeah, it, it's pretty close to tidy. And it is so suspiciously close to the other three Gospels. Uh, and by what texts have been discovered, dated to what dates, it it looks like it was added at least um, 150 years after Mark was written down. Interesting. And so people were being uncomfortable were with how different it was from Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Yeah. So to to make it to round it out to make it a lot more uh, uh, similar. Yeah. Um, which is odd, considering. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's odd. I, I, I suppose that's a pretty glaring difference. 
Um, um, but in a way, I find it strange considering how uh, in succinct the, uh, the, the the four different gospel writings are from each other. I mean, yeah. they all have their own differences already. If you're going to go to the trouble of editing, adding, <laughs> omitting, so that there's... There, you know, there's there's clarity between the four and and symmetry. Um, you know, adding those verses that doesn't really do it. <laughs> so, um, it seems odd uh, to 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 have uh, potentially, if that is the case, to to have edited it and added on the end just to to address that difference. Um, yeah, uh, because it, it it's not it's not uh, as though the gospel of Mark ending there creates some sort of theological or spiritual difference between what is said, what we're called to do. It doesn't change. Right. Uh, it doesn't change anything substantive. It just is an open-ended question as opposed to. Well, and part of it is how I think part, one of the reasons this was added was the issue of what is a gospel for? Mm. And the original Mark was in many ways a document of evangelism that mm. it was for, for people who did not know God or at least did not know Christ to be able to read it or hear it and then decide for themselves if they wanted to believe in Jesus Christ. But then by the time it got edited, the Gospels were beginning to be used as power documents where those in authority wanted to prove that they had God-given authority through the Gospels. And so particularly the clergy. So the, the, the apostles who were already being claimed as the, the first Christian clergy were highlighted and made sure that they got prominent plate, not, I shouldn't put it that way, but the places in the resurrection stories where the apostles appeared were referenced repeatedly to explain the authority that the church was now beginning to claim over the believers. Hmm. Hmm. That's again, another interesting layer. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the use, the utility of gospel writings changing over time. Yeah, as the church becomes established and and more and more powerful. And wow. what's it? And so, what's also interesting is through history, as different Christian movements try to reform Christianity, they almost always, with certain wonderful exceptions, fell into the same trap where they started off with wonderful openness and inclusivity of all people but then start to use the gospels to claim authority for those in charge. Hmm. Hmm. Anything else about this account though? Let's, uh, I, I don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to just play with history. I mean, I do, but <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes. Um, any, anything else about, uh, um, this, uh, it doesn't, this account does not use the word angel. Uh, where I believe where the others do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it gives us this imagery. Um, um, there's no personal recognition, so it, there's Actually, no implication. Okay. 
that I'm looking is. at a gospel parallels. Matthew uses the term angel. Luke uh -huh. uses the term um, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Hmm. Okay. Stood, stood next to the women. And then John has no appearance. No, of, no, no angels. No, yeah. It's, no, it's all up to Jesus. It's nothing in the tomb. It's completely empty. Um, yeah. Uh, Except for the carefully folded linens. It, yes, I, I suppose that is true. Um, um, but uh, what was I going to say about? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's all right. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're apologizing for, but okay. I threw you off on a tangent. No, it's it's all right. Uh, I was looking for so uh, the the way that this uh, young man dressed in a white robe for, for the purposes of Mark uh, addresses them is very like all of these are little bite size uh, uh, statements. Yeah. Don't be alarmed. Pause. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He has been raised. Pause. He is not here. Pause. Look, there's the place they laid him. So like, uh, um, uh, it, the, the level of instruction uh, kind of reminds me maybe of like a, uh, a a doctor for somebody who's like going into shock or like like calm, breathe, yeah, look, recognize, uh, uh, um, and uh, and uh, here here's your instructions: go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee, uh, just as he told you. I mean. Uh, so, uh, it kind of then makes sense as to why when they leave, like it's terror and amazement that it sees them. It really is a kind of like, uh, like they went into shock, uh, yeah. and, and, and the, uh, the young man, uh, had to kind of like walk them through like, Hey, uh, this should be your next step. Go, go, uh, go tell his disciples. And then like, like we discussed for Merck, they don't, <laughs> they, well, not within the text. Right, right. See, and, and I think the other thing with Mark is that it, it forces people to recognize the role of the church community. That hmm. it, it wipes out the ability to be an overly individualistic Christian. Because unless you have a church community telling you, yeah, and then this is what happened next, both in terms of two thousand years ago, but also what's happening now. Yeah, you're you have no idea, but if you're at all aware of either Christian history and that counts as community, or mm -hmm. are in a lively congregation, you know more more happened, and more continues to happen. Hmm. I mean, you, yeah. you know they went and told more people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, surely, and 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 maybe and and maybe the implication there is uh, that they didn't do they didn't tell other people like they went and told the the couple and uh, you know the the disciples like they were told and then they were like that that I I don't know if I can explain that to anybody else because the circle of people who. Uh, are familiar with the specifics of this story enough, like the, the, the intimate uh, details of the story are very few. So who would they, who could they have confided in 
besides Peter and the disciples. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else would understand uh, and not look at them as though they had gone completely batty and insane? Right. Um, uh, so, so maybe, maybe the implication is they told no, they, they didn't tell anyone else. They didn't tell their neighbor. Uh, they didn't, uh, decide to go and proclaim it. Um, it was, it was, they kind of kept it, uh, within the group. Well, and I think there's also a certain literary tool utilized here where, again, if, the, if it ended there, the, reader may say, well, I would tell people. And then there's the, you know, angel sitting on their shoulder saying, well, <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. when are you going to tell people? <laughs> when are you going to, when are you going to start, John? Yeah. When are you going to? So I, th- I think it's a very, very sophisticated call to evangelism. I like it. I, th- that is a, that is, and I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, yeah. What a, what a great uh, a, a great way to view it as a as a call. Um, uh, don't just uh, don't don't just go uh, fleeing the, the 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 tomb with terror and amazement uh, and telling no one. Um, it's it's our it's our option. It's our it's our um, great joy. joy to share yeah. this story. Yeah. Um, to uh, to proclaim, to say the a word again, which we, we can't say uh, oh. <laughs> uh, as we record this podcast because it hasn't happened yet. But uh, to to uh, to, uh, to, Ale- to no, I won't uh, say. Nope, it. nope, nope, not yet. Ale- Ale- nope, I won't say. It's it. Still buried. <laughs> still buried. Not allowed. <clears throat> we don't want documented proof of you violating that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, what a great call to action. Um, yeah. So uh, so with that, we'll wrap up this year podcast for April 4th, 2021. Uh, the resurrection of the Lord here in year B, Easter Sunday. Uh, and uh, uh, as always, uh, feel free, please check out our website, uh, holyfamilyfishers.org. For everything that's going on, we look forward to uh, seeing some in person on Sunday and uh, throughout the week, actually, Thursday and Friday as well. Uh, So uh, please come and join us in worship, uh, safely join us in worship. Uh, And if If not, join us online. Join us online. We'll have that going live. So, um, uh, And until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.